Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. So I do believe more success will come if he does come back. But a lot of fans don't feel that way. And as a result, they want a big trade. And you texted me this while uh, while you were at the uh, the Super Bowl for you and your wife as you so the anthropology outlet pop up. Anthropology outlet. Uh, and I would say to that, if you think that's a Super Bowl, <clears> you clearly like tell me you weren't at the Taylor Swift concert without telling me, you know, like that. Oh, is well, called. listen, that's a whole nother. Camp. Yeah. That's like the World Cup, I think. Yes, exactly. But um, there is new reporting uh, from about Zach Levine and that his name has come up in trade discussions with the with the Sixers uh, and Chicago Bulls. Um so I wanted to get your opinion on the reporting. What do you think of the possibility of Zach Levine? I do think it's somewhat noteworthy. The Sixers have not willingly, like the Paul Reed one, they didn't get to write that contract. They didn't, they've not willingly handed out money beyond this year. Um, obviously, Zach Levine has a massive contract that is well beyond this year. What do you think of the uh the Zach Levine possibilities? Before what before you say if you would do it, what do you think of the possibilities and if the Sixers would be interested? Well, so they and Casey Johnson, who's the one who reported this recently, uh, was it Friday, Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. something like that. He and I are both on the same wavelength in the sense that these were very preliminary discussions. I know we discussed pre-draft that the Bulls were shopping basically everybody or saying, what could we get for X, Y, Z? And Levine was different in that they're asking for real stuff for him. This is not like you could get somebody and for taking on Lonzo Ball's contract since his knee is apparently made out of silly putty or something, which is really doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Um, Levine is different because they still place real value on him. And we can argue about the contract and what have you, but they're asking for you know, multiple picks, maybe a young player. And he does represent in some ways the middle ground option, right? Like you might be able to trade James Harden and then you hold on to Tyrese Maxey and still come up with Levine. Like you can move some stuff around. And I wouldn't say you're doing like one for one Harden Levine. You're probably adding stuff on top of whatever you'd be getting for Levine, but it's at least closer to that. Mm-hmm. And in that instance, then it's like, all right, that's a real conversation to have. 
because he is talented. And I think when he's in a situation where his co-star isn't DeMar DeRozan, who good player, but not a guy who's like a, a real championship yeah. number one or number two guy that's been proven out over the duration of his career. You put him next to Joel Embiid, you can make the argument, okay, that guy could maybe be number two or maybe like a 2A, 2B with Maxi, where that's one guy's going on a given night, the other guy's going on another night. They're not the best backcourt fit together, I don't think, for various reasons, but you might be able to talk yourself into it. I just don't think that there have been serious discussions between those teams. They definitely have touched base and names were floated at a certain point prior to the draft, but I'm not aware of much since then. And I don't Mm -hmm. think it ever got beyond, Hey, what do you think of Zach? Or like, what do you think of this guy? It was not, Hey, here's the framework for a deal. And no, we don't like that. So I think it's pretty far from any sort of, Hey, this is a real trade rumor. So you, you mentioned James Harden. Um, I don't see why the Bulls would have much interest in James Harden. They don't seem like right. It'd be a clear multi-team. Yeah, situation. yeah. But my question for you is: Is there a world where you think they can get him without trading James Harden? Like, is Toby, Jaden Springer, plus like I don't know Melton, and maybe the twenty twenty nine first or whatever it is? Like, do you think if they trade for Zach Levine, it is going to have to include? Harden either being rerouted somewhere and stuff being rerouted to the Bulls, or do the Sixers have enough as constructed to get Zach Levine? Not really sure, honestly. I think it would depend on. So Chicago's posturing is that they're not moving him unless they're getting real stuff back. Mm-hmm. They have, they do have a notoriously cheap owner who was cheap even when they had Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and. Yep the great dynasty of our childhood essentially. So the argument that you could get it done without it being part of the hardened potential package would be, they might just want to cut the long-term salary and start rebuilding. Now they did just re-sign Nikola Vucevic. So right, which is a weird move if you're a seller. Yeah. yeah so it, they would have to kind of pivot from where they're at now for me to believe, Oh yeah, they're just going to do a salary dump for picks type trade Mm -hmm. i do think the problem really is that the sixers don't have a lot of movable picks and the only way you're going to get valuable picks is either trading james or trading tyrese i don't think anyone else is probably fetching too much value like maybe you could flip melton for something Mm -hmm. but I, i think that's probably a stretch and you have to send a big salary out just to bring Levine back so it's not like you could just trade Melton for a pick and just add Levine to the current roster so I'd say it's unlikely I wouldn't say it's impossible because it depends on a ownership group in Chicago that has shown they kind of just don't know what they're doing all the time I would say yes so one thing I've kind of batted back and forth in my head whether you know walking around running whatever with the Sixers is, and Zach Levine is attached to this, as is Lillard, probably Lillard, another category. But are they willing to take on big contracts? Because everything they've done has been one year, Beverly, one year, Mobamba, one year. I mean, even last year they gave Montrez that player option. Um, the Paul Reed thing, they didn't get to to write that deal. They, they matched it, so it counts. But James Harden, one-year deal. They're still holding on to Toby. Like, do you think that... The, 
with Levine, the contract or with Lillard to an extent is a non-starter or they would acquire it if it was a, you know, if it was a deal they like, like, do you think they're willing to take money on beyond this year? I think it would have to be the right guy for sure. And I'm not sure that Zach Levine is that guy. Look, I, I think it's always fluid, right? Where we could say big picture in a broad sense, they don't want to take on lots of long-term money. Mm -hmm. I think all of us would probably agree on that. Where I think we would stray a little too far is if we say they just won't do that at all. I think it's case by case. What would we have to give up? What is What player is returning to us? If they could trade basically nothing and get Zach Levine, I know he's not perfect. But if you're getting him for an expiring contract and Tobias Harris and little else, I think that's something you're at least considering. I think the problem is he's not available for that, right? So I think there are definitely scenarios where, and it doesn't have to be Levine. It could be someone like Zion or one of these other guys who have been maybe like a Siakam who he's on an expire. He's going to be a free agent next offseason. So that's a little different. And I don't love the fit there but if he's available and he's not going to be traded for like a king's ransom type package nurse guy too yeah well yes but also there's some reporting that those two not exactly uh best not a nick not a nick at at the end of their tenure like they won together and had a lot of success together and he was the guy up there but not sure that they're you know suited to continue that relationship but i don't i don't know that because i don't I don't know Nick enough and I don't Mm -hmm. know Pascal enough, certainly to say that the point being, yes, I think they're trying to keep cap space open, but I think they're trying to keep it open because it just gives them more pads. It's not because, Hey, they're just only going to wait until next summer. If an opportunity is on the table where a guy's available at a cut rate and it's someone they like and someone they think raises their title odds, then yeah, I think they would absolutely do that. 